0: welcome to another edition of reshaping america this is your host kurt Fluelling. well it is a sad day rush limbaugh has left us and i do not know how you synthesize the life of rush limbaugh in an hour three hours a week a month a year but we will try um I think I'll start with where were you when you heard Um, I was stopped in traffic in suburban Philadelphia, appropriately enough, right in front of the Our Lady of Assumption Church in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and um, I was just doing the same thing we've all been doing the last few weeks, put on Rush, hoping, praying that he comes back and Is it going to be a guest host? And I knew when I heard his wife, it was not good. And I only caught the last 10, 20 seconds of her wonderful eulogy, if you will, to her husband. And I subsequently heard the whole thing later. But um, I just sat in my parked car in in the parking lot. Um... Mm -hmm stunned i uh i cried i was bewildered even though we all knew that this was coming but it was final and it was surreal and after a while of doing that i tried to get it together and throw the car and drive and get on with my day and i could not um After 30 years of listening to this guy, there's just no way I could do a little perfunctory morning, if you will, and then go about my day. I just could not do it. So I uh, put the car back in park and just didn't know what to do. Um, Curiosity, I was listening to how are they going to do this show, so I was intrigued about that but um on commercials i would text friends and commiserate with them uh later on in the day it was really kind of wild i got a call from a good friend of mine up in new york and um he actually uh relayed a story uh to me that i had never heard that he and rush uh chatted for a few minutes at uh, at the famous patsy's restaurant up in new york which is a special moment that my buddy has forever. And um, I was on the phone with him for over an hour. And at some point, you know, we were crying, we were laughing. And my buddy pointed out to me, this is kind of like a wake. And those of you that have been to wakes, you know that obviously it's a somber, sad moment, but it is a celebration of life. And oftentimes you don't see the people, uh, in your life that you should see more often. Uh, you only see them as they say, weddings and funerals, correct. And, um, so you share stories, you laugh, you cry. And, and it was a, uh, it was very much like a wake. So, um, still don't know how to process this. Uh, it's only a few days since this happened, but, um, someone as giant as rush limbaugh is in the hearts the minds and the souls of millions and millions of people not only in america but around the world and um this is not going to be a uh, a short processing of um, this man's death nor should it be but we uh we must move on as rush would have wanted us to so um let me start with some scripture to comfort you if you are feeling as sad as I am. Um, Psalm 31:24 Be strong and take heart all you who hope in the Lord. Matthew 11:28 Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. No doubt rush probably drew on scripture um such as this in the last 13 months of his life and um as many of you know that listen to this show regularly one of my favorite verses in the bible mark 4:40 and we have uh we have discussed that many times here on reshaping america he said to his disciples why are you so afraid you still have no faith and a lot of people are afraid uh, afraid that the conservative movement has just gotten a a pretty large hole blown in it and um, to some extent that is true but as mark 440 tells us this country has been down many tough roads before and uh, Jesus rhetorically asked the question to his disciples, why are you so scared? Haven't you seen me do miracles, left, right, and crazy, take you out of troubles and, and tumult, as, uh, as Rush would say. And um, we have been there. We will be there again. And as giant of a man as Rush was, our faith, our trust, and our ultimate hope is in god and his son the lord jesus christ so um again as i said earlier how in the world do you synthesize the life and times of rush limbaugh Um, the best i can do in the limited time i have is appreciate the fact that there are many people in the listening audience that know rush very well uh have journeyed with him for some 33 years almost. And there are people that have only heard of him and formulated opinions about him based on other people. And then there's everything in between. So what I can do is kind of what I did with my buddy to process this was, um, I'll kind of go through my journey with rush and pepper it in with a little, you know, education if you will for folks that don't know much about rush he has obviously been uh quite eulogized uh on fox news and newsmax and on the radio by countless people so i don't want to be redundant but um you know i i think the show will will proceed as follows i'll just give you a little history of of my relationship with rush limbaugh maybe you can relate and then uh Pepper in some facts about Rush Limbaugh, maybe some anecdotes that you did not know. And we'll do the best we can in this morning process, basically. Um, so, how did I get to know Rush Limbaugh? Wow. Um, it was about 30 years ago, just about, um, I started a sales job. In April of 1991, and I was in the car all day. And I had heretofore not been in the business world. I was in my late 20s, never had one of them there, suit and tie jobs. And um, I had the freedom of covering two thirds of the state of Pennsylvania selling medical devices. And I was pretty much in the car all day long. And after two or three days of listening to rock and roll, um, It gets rather boring, eight or nine hours of that, and I said to myself, I'm going to need something a little bit more conducive to business or at least get my mind thinking the way it should be thinking instead of listening to music all day, so I went over to that dreaded AM side of the dial, and um, and this may be an education for people that are under a certain age, but um, I found Rush. And you need to understand radio 30 years ago there were no podcasts there's no internet there's no satellite radio no iPhone nothing Um, if you traveled as I did and many folks did you were oftentimes at the mercy of some rusty pole in the middle of nowhere Um, however No matter how small the town was or how weak the signal was, you put the radio on scan. Remember those days? And the loudest and sometimes the only voice you heard was Rush. And I traversed some of the smallest areas and backwoods areas of Pennsylvania. But you could always find Rush, regardless of how big or small, the radio station was. So um, as many of you know, I grew up in a Union Democrat family, and I knew very little about conservative thought. Um, This guy came on the scene with this down-to-earth, common sense explanation of the world uh, in a way that I had never heard before. I I really had not uh, on radio or television or from anyone. And it was, it was just captivating. It was so true and simple, yet we all ate it up. Um, why? Because the media at the time had a monopoly on the dissemination of news. You just didn't hear people speaking freely as Rush Limbaugh did. And as I said before, regardless of if you were a political junkie or not, the the information that he disseminated was true, and it was simple, and you could relate to this guy on the radio, and it was just an amazing phenomenon 30 years ago. It's just nothing, you, you cannot relate to it if you're young, because now we have podcasts and this and that at your fingertips, we have information overload. At that time, we had nothing so it was wild you know the am radio if if anybody knows that is um you know over 40 years old am radio in the 70s and 80s was literally on life support um it was it was on death's door when rush limbaugh resurrected it um the fairness doctrine uh, was enacted. And for those of you that don't know what the fairness doctrine was, you know, basically on any radio station, if some guy got on and said, "I, I don't think it's a really good idea that dogs should vote. Then the radio station by law had to put equal time on after that guy saying, this is why I think dogs should vote. I mean, it was surreal. It was, um, it was short lived and it was one of the reasons that in 1987, when Rush Limbaugh kind of was was hitting his stride in that meteoric ascent to who he was, that really took him to the next level when Ronald Reagan took the shackles off all radio by, um, you know, ending the Fairness Doctrine. So that was the Fairness Doctrine. Um, AM at the time was literally a joke. And your grandparents were the only people that were listening to it. As I've said on this show before, when Rush started, there were 125 talkers on about 200 stations nationally. In a very short period of time, probably about five years, that ballooned to 4,100 talkers on just almost every station in America. It was crazy. Uh, If you were a talk host of any degree of talent, it was hard to get heard. You want to know why there was, as I said before, there was no internet, no satellite, no podcasts. There was only so much time on the dial. And this phenomenon that Rush Limbaugh single-handedly started was just so huge and, and so desirable by the consumer that there were not enough hours on the dial to fill with all the great talkers that were emerging in the early 90s. So as you've heard, when many of these people eulogize Rush, I owe my career to him. I owe this to him and that. And and it's true. If there is no Rush Limbaugh, there is not, you know, nine tenths of the talkers that you hear on the radio or podcast or satellite. And and many people on television uh, would not be who they are without Rush Limbaugh. Um, Eventually, you know, Rush started out with 56 radio stations that ballooned up to over 600. Um, As I said, you, you could not swing a dead cat and not hear Rush Limbaugh on the radio. You just could not. Um, This is how low tech it was when he came onto the scene. Um, When people were driving around other than doing what I did, just hit scan and see if you could figure out people were just clamoring to know what stations rush was on. Um, So he printed this crude little pamphlet. It was called across the fruited plain. That was one of his sayings uh, that he said, and in it, it contained like a crude list of some 400 radio stations in various cities that carried rush. And I remember holding that little pamphlet dear uh, when I traveled uh, either throughout the state or interstate. And instead of, you know, taking the time to uh, go through all the channels on the dial, I would simply go to that. And it uh, it was a simpler time back then, ladies and gentlemen. It really was. And you and I both know, and I know I'm not alone on this, how we felt at, uh, those of us, particularly on the East at 12 o'clock Eastern standard time, when that rhythmic hypnotic theme song from the pretenders, my city was gone, um, came on and it was, it was, um, it was amazing it, it, it evoked this um pavlovian response in millions of americans um, at 12 o'clock every day and it just spoke to you it told you it's 12 o'clock rushes on get ready to be entertained and informed uh, and in that order i might add um, it was calming it was reassuring and the world was pretty crazy in those days. Now, y- you could compare and contrast the craziness of today to the craziness of the early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And you could argue it's crazier now. But I assure you, in the late 80s, when we were coming off Ronald Reagan and the economy was roaring, um, the Soviets were put in their place by Ronaldus Magnus. It was. Um, it was a glorious time to be an American, but it was, the world was pretty chaotic. Um, we had George H.W. Bush uh, apologizing for Ronald Reagan, even though he used him to get into office. We had the Clinton phenomenon and all of the Clinton years that, um, uh, to quote Mary Madeline, thank God we had Rush <laughs> during those times. But um, it was a crazy world. And as much as the topics that Rush Limbaugh spoke about were intense, he was funny. He was irreverent. He was entertaining. And again, he was relatable. He was one of us. Um, you know, it, it, it it was just a different time. Chrissy Hines of, of the pretenders, she graciously lent that song to him despite being diametrically opposed. Um, to him politically as far as her views are concerned. And you know, one of the reasons she did that, her dad, who was a retired Marine loved him. Uh, it was just a different time then. And, um, so that was wild. But, uh, I do remember as many of you do that, that song that started the show. And it was just, as I said, a calming, reassuring, okay, Rush is on now, everything's good. So um, we were far less distracted as a society then. We could focus if we cared to, and millions did. They they chose to focus on every syllable that came out of Rush's mouth. Um, This was true for people that did not necessarily agree with him. A lot of times he would take callers that didn't agree with him, And I had friends and family that they didn't have too much in common with him uh, as far as uh, politics was concerned, but they loved him. They tuned in to Rush Limbaugh. That is something that is pretty special. Um, He had something that no one ever had to that point, and I would dare say will never have. it is an indescribable way um, about him that um, just made you listen. I, I can't put my finger on it. And you know something? I have heard Rush repeatedly over the years. Um, he admitted he purposely never tried to, quote unquote, figure it out, lest the magic would somehow evaporate uh, if he tinkered with it. You know, he got it too, that, you know, he was just something different. I mean, you could say a lot of, you could tick off a lot of attributes, uh, about Rush Limbaugh and a lot of skill sets that he had. He was a consummate professional broadcaster, but you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the things about Rush were admittedly not real remarkable yet. He was magnetic and it was something about him that I don't think you could put your finger on. And Rush admitted that himself. He 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 did not want to tinker with the secret sauce because he felt that he may screw it up if he did. So he didn't think about it too much. He just teed it high and let it fly, if you will. Um, you know, those of us that kind of knew Rush, and by what I mean by that is people that listen to Rush. Every single day. Uh, You don't have to have ever met someone. If you spend three hours with them multiplied by 30 years, you know, that person and that person knows you, you have a relationship that is uh, unbreakable if you will. And, um, people, you know, you're hearing a lot of talking heads that are on, you know, the radio and and television and, and some of them, even though they are rushed devotees and um, they may have uh, political views that are similar to Rush's. Um, they don't get it. Uh, if you were one of the ones that followed Rush, just a rank-and-file schlub in the middle of the country that has 30 years of listening to Rush, you understood something that some of these people do not understand. And and um, you can tell when they eulogize them, they talk about politics. Rush made you feel good about yourself and your prospects of life in life, and for that time that you were listening, you just had a great warm feeling, regardless of your political affiliation. And um, I think it was really interesting. You know, you talk to people that have listened to him for a while; they're mourning right now. It's not about the politics. Uh, the politics happened to be something that Rush Limbaugh was known for, um, but it was not about the politics. It was the dissemination of his views, the uh, how he imparted those views to you that made Rush Limbaugh special. It wasn't just, yeah, this guy loves Ronald Reagan. He's for lower taxes, strong military, yada, yada. Yeah, he was. But if you felt that that's all Rush Limbaugh was, you really missed it, and you did not truly know the magic of Rush Limbaugh like those of us that listened to him every single day. It wasn't about the politics. It was about how he spoke to you, how he related to you, how he listened to you, and how um, his working understanding of the thought. Process of the average American was absolutely astonishingly accurate. It was amazing. And that's what Rush Limbaugh was about. Um, You know, he disseminated simple, common sense principles, and it it transcended politics. Um, You know, myself, and I can get to that in a moment, uh, my journey, and the journeys of Custodians, plumbers, teachers, doctors, lawyers, city council members, the list goes on and on and on. His simple message if you worked hard, you were honest, you played by the rules, and you wanted something bad enough, you could get it. That's what Rush Limbaugh was about. It wasn't necessarily about all the conservative principles that he is known for, which were wonderful. And he was, um, arguably the head of the, the conservative movement for the last 30 plus years. But if you thought Rush Limbaugh was just all about politics, you missed it. Um, to you know, how I could relate to rush. I was a late bloomer, if you will. Um, Uh, I just started to embark on some really big things in my life in my late 20s. Like I said, I never had one of them there, suit and tie jobs. And um, my family were simple folk. We came up in a very small house. No one went to college. Um, No one aspired to do anything more than some, you know, menial type jobs and and things, which is all well and good. And if that is what the Lord has laid out for you, um, do whatever the Lord has asked you to do, um, to the fullest extent of your abilities. But I was kind of the one in the family that was expected to go to college and succeed. And let's just say for simple terms, be a little bit more than other family members. And, um, you know, I kind of related to, uh, Rush's journey, uh, because it, like I said, in the late twenties, I was, um, I was drifting a little bit and, um, you know, I, I think this, this would probably be a good time to dance back and forth and go into, you know, what Rush was all about as far as, um, you know, when, when he hit that pinnacle or that, uh, that crossroads, in his life, if you will, and and this would probably be a good education for people that don't know this about Rush Limbaugh. But this is this is where I personally related to Rush. Um, he was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, in a family. Um, now, my family were not professionals, but his family were largely lawyers and professionals. Now, I have had relationships with individuals that have, um, family members, uh, the vast majority of which doctors, lawyers, um, pretty special, uh, people, highly accomplished people, if you will. And the pressure for the youngest members of the family is, is oftentimes very great. And, um, I know his dad, um, who thanked the Lord up above eventually got to see rush on a national scale before he passed, would say in, in a loving way to Rush, um, you know, if you don't have a college degree, you're just not going to be all you can be. And this was from a family that was highly educated, well-known in the area. And, um, here is Rush at the tender age of 16 announcing that he wants to be a DJ. And that's the only thing that he was jazzed about. And, uh, he tried a little college. Many of you don't, don't know that for about, I think, a semester found it to be a waste of time. Um, and as I said, his father said, you're not going to go too far without a degree. So any of, any of you that are parents and your kids start to waver a little bit and, and, uh, I guess kind of deviate from the, the script that you had planned for them. Um, you can relate to that feeling that, um, Mr. Limbaugh had. So at a very early age, he went to McKeesport, Pennsylvania. That's right outside Pittsburgh, uh, to further his DJ career. As many of you know, he was fired seven times. I was fired a few times. And, um, again, the, the Lord works these things out in people's lives, um, in order for his kingdom to be furthered. And, uh, Rush Limbaugh was as he said, on loan from God, to be a blessing to many. And those of us that uh, took a while, let's just say, to get to where God wanted us to be, could really pull themselves in a little closer to the radio when Rush says, I was fired seven times. Um, I remember him uh, numerous times saying that he had to eat at convenience stores, because back in the day, those of us who are a little older remember this, supermarkets did not take credit cards. Only convenience stores took credit cards. So he's paying three times the price for food just because he has no cash and he buys it on credit. So he had to eat at convenience stores oftentimes. Um, you know, after a brief hiatus um, from radio, as many of you know he started working for the kansas city royals um as a uh, as a group salesperson and you know as much as uh he is uh you know uh chronicles how he became friends with george brett and many of the other pro baseball players which is exciting at the end of the day the guy was not happy and if you do not personally digressing a little bit here. If you do not listen to the Holy Spirit and in, you know read James 1 verse 5 and really drink it in and ask God, what do you want me to do with this life that you have given me? You're always going to be miserable. You're always going to be punching in and punching out. And you're going to be miserable to the folks around you. Follow your dreams. And Rush Limbaugh, after about five years of this, was at a crossroads and um on you know i 've heard footage from uh audio footage from when he was on his rush to excellence tour back in the Arco arena in Sacramento, telling the audience I was at a crossroads um, making eighteen thousand dollars a year at the age of thirty two years of age now we 're not going to throw rocks at what you make or what I make or how old we 're supposed to be when we make this or that or the other, but, um, you gotta walk in the shoes of rush at that point in time. He's been a DJ. A lot of people don't think that that is, um, the pinnacle of what you want to be in life. He's making scratch. Basically, um, he's from a family that is, um, highly educated and highly successful. He's very smart And he's at a crossroads. He doesn't know what to do. Well, he is advised to go back into radio. And that's what he does. Um, He figures, this is what I love. I may not ever get rich doing it, but at least I'll be happy. So he's advised to go back into it. Um, He lands a gig at KMBZ in Kansas City. That's pretty close to where he grew up. He does it for about a year. He gets bounced. But then his big showbiz break comes, and he goes to, as Rush had says many times before, his adopted hometown of Sacramento, KFBK. And um, this part of his life starts an incredible four-year comeback and as I said earlier in this show, this comeback is fueled greatly by the repeal of the Fairness Doctrine by no less than Ronald Reagan in 1987. And when the shackles came off in 1987 in the radio industry, that's when uh, Rush Limbaugh was able to be unleashed, if you will. And the rest is history. And if you look at these... Pivotal moments in his life, my life, your life, there are people that God puts into our paths that opens doors and we have to be acutely aware of what God's doing and what his plan is for our life. And we got to walk through those doors. We got to seize those opportunities. And um, against all fear, and he probably had a lot, he jumped back into radio, moved to Sacramento. And um, if... The great Ronald Reagan and his conservative principles did not, you know, move to repeal the Fairness Doctrine. Are we even talking about Rush Limbaugh today? Is he just uh, another schlub on the radio going blah, 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 blah in a politically correct way because he knows that the next hour is going, everything he says is going to be refuted by Shum's schlub on the other side of the aisle. So Ronald Reagan's repeal of the fairness doctrine in 87 really springboarded Rush Limbaugh into what he became. Um, his big showbiz break came when he jumped to WABC in New York. Um, and what did he do? He took advantage of it, you know. At the at the time, he was uh, he was on fifty six radio stations. Uh, they took a big chance on him, as as Rush has said many times on his show. No one said um, talk radio uh, in the daytime um, without guests, if you will, would would never work. And as Rush has said, and I will repeat this. If you have goals and dreams and the Lord has put something uh, burning in your heart to do something, do not listen to people that are going to tell you why you can't do it. Because there are countless people that would do that in your life and my life. And I'm sure there were in Rush's life as well, probably his beloved family. Um, If you love something, if you have a burning desire to do something, find people that have done it that will fan the flames in your heart uh, uh, towards what you are aspiring to do. Talk to them. They will tell you how to figure this out and how to do it rather than all the reasons that are on the board that you cannot do it. And I know Rush has said that over and over again. and it's funny, you know, this is a this is a surfing type of time for Rush Limbaugh. He goes to New York. He's still a country boy. He's traveled around the country a little bit, but he's a country boy. He's in New York City. He's alone, he doesn't have a lot of friends. Um and because he's in radio, even though he is syndicated and he is a national, you know, entity, if you will, in the in the fledgling stages of it anyway. He still is like everybody in radio. And I have, um, I have talked to and worked with and rub elbows with enough people in radio to know that you're always looking over your shoulder. Um, who's going to come in by the radio station and fire everybody. I'm one stupid comment away from getting axed. Okay. So everybody in radio, particularly him at the time being fired seven times is still looking over his shoulder. So what does he do? Every time he gets an affiliate to come on board and and pick up his show nationally, he flies there on a Friday night, has dinner with the radio people, does um, what were called rush to excellence tours, which uh, there were kind of like mini Trump rallies. He would uh, fill a small venue with anywhere from five to 15,000 people and he would promote himself his conservative principles and, and be extraordinarily grateful to the radio station that gave him a break. And, and he did not have to do that. I mean, that is a very painstaking laborious way to promote yourself. If you're on, uh, you got up to 400 radio stations and um, I just heard him say this the other day. Uh, he did those rush to excellence tours 48 weeks out of the year he did that uh did his deal friday night um did the the rush to excellence talk on saturday flew back to new york on sunday for two solid years 48 weeks of the year why because it's just not enough to desire something you have to work hard you have to look over your shoulder a little fear is a good thing and rush limbaugh in that respect was never a prima donna and he was never a prima donna right up until the time he died that is one of the wonderful reasons that we all loved him you cannot fake it if somebody is listening to you three hours a day for 30 years you can't fake it as you've heard many many people in this industry say and Rush was endearing to all of us. How many prima donnas would do that for two solid years when he really didn't have to? It probably didn't further his brand a lot. It furthered it. But I, I think the bigger point here is he didn't rest. He was always trying to get better. He loved being with the people. And um, it it's not a bunch of crap when he says on countless times that he loved us more than we loved him. I find that to be amazing because I love Rush Limbaugh. And, um, but you talk to enough people that are close to rush and he, he meant it. He loved his audience more than his audience loved him. It was amazing. Um, what was kind of another thing that I related to him about was, uh, you know, my dad always kind of worried that I would quote unquote make it. It took me a while to graduate college. It took me a while to get one of them suit and tie jobs. And, um, you know, I, um, I felt very proud when I did quote unquote make it. But, um, one thing that was really quite special and Rush has talked about it a couple of times is, um, his father died, um, somewhat early in life. He, he wasn't real old. And, um, before he died, In the early 90s, he got to see Rush on the Ted Koppel show, Nightline, that was, uh, again, back in the day, there was not much. Um, There was no 24-7 news cycle, and there were not all these conservative outlets that are springing up. There There was not much. And he was on Nightline with Ted Koppel, espousing his conservative beliefs. And Rush relays that Rush's mom and Rush's dad... We're watching him, proud as a peacock, and dad turns to mom and says, legitimately, where did he get this? Because you know, in in his world, there was a formula to being a success. You get good grades, you go to college, you become a lawyer, you become a doctor, you have good standing within the community, you're a good family man, you get honor, and that was the formula. And Rush certainly (laughs) took a circuitous route to get to where he ended up. So that was a legitimate question by his dad. Like, where did he get this? And his mom poignantly turned to dad and said, you. And I, I thought that was a real special story that, um, you know, parents, you may think you're not getting through to your kids, but you are. And, um, Rush used to uh, tell stories of how the neighborhood kids would, would go in and kind of poke dad, um, you know, his dad, Mr. Limbaugh, and kind of wind him up and watch him kind of go crazy with his thoughts on uh, on the politics of the day. And Rush was an apple in some respects that did not far fall too far from the tree. So, um, you know, that's why I related to Rush personally. You may have other reasons why you relate to him. Um, I, I think we all have this in common as Rush Limbaugh fans and people that miss him terribly. Um, he was humble from the start uh, when, when he was a DJ, when he was using credit cards to buy food at the convenience store when he got that pink slip for the fifth time the sixth time the seventh time those of us that have been fired or threatened to be fired can relate um he was humble then and he was humble all the way up to when he was at the pinnacle of that world he just remained humble and that is something that you just do not see and that was what endeared us to rush limbaugh he was genuine um as i said before true talk radio devotees can smell a phony a mile away and despite his lofty standing in that industry you and i could relate to him Um, not only his political views but as i've said countless times on this show so much more um he was just a just a, a wonderful genuine man um it was um i don't know uh, back to back to my story you know uh you know i'm i'm weaving in and out of of uh, talking about rush and talking about me but the two are inextricably intertwined and you know i would challenge you guys to think of how rush limbaugh has impacted your life So um, I'm a young guy, I'm selling medical devices, I'm listening to Rush all day long, uh, driving hours across the state of Pennsylvania, and after a few years of doing that, I said, yeah, I could do this. And although no one can do this as good as Rush Limbaugh, I gave it a try. Um, I started out making cassette tapes of myself talking about the issues of the day. I gave them to the doctors that I work with. That um, was a safe bet because they were generally like-minded. And um, I remember one doctor friend of mine, he was working with a local program director. Um, you know, he's given a medical lecture on the radio and talking to him off air. And the uh, program director said, you know, we need a guy in here to do... Um, you know, community affairs broadcasting. And, um, but they could not find anybody because it was a dinky little town, Pottsville, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that drink yingling beer, I could see the yingling brewery from the radio station. Um, it was, it's a tiny little, it's an old coal, uh, town, um, in central Pennsylvania, about 15,000 people. And, um, you know he said i got a guy that could do it and so i went to the radio station naively as my parents had taught me when you go into an interview always wear your best suit and this and that and the other <laughs> well those of you that don't know much about radio uh particularly 30 years ago 50 years ago whatever radio is just a different animal um when you go to a radio station it is almost like walking into a time warp and um i put my best suit on big mistake and that suit was quickly trashed because this small little radio station wpam a 1000 watt radio station and i'll i'll get into what that is in a moment um and i could not see the people i was talking to for the smoke in the building every single human being was smoking um, a number of them were drinking. It was a it was a Friday afternoon, and needless to say, my eyes were watering. My um, suit was trashed, and I was just in the world of radio, man, because of Rush Limbaugh. And you know, uh, back to the the smallness of that radio station one thousand watts. If you want to get a nice word picture of what that is, that is basically. Two tin cans tied together with a piece of phlegm-covered string, and that's about it. You know, it's not a big signal. um, Compare and contrast that to the fifty thousand watt blowtorch that Rush Limbaugh was on on WABC. But I loved it. Uh, You know, I did it uh, part time on the weekends. I loved it, and um, but you know what was what was kind of real and sad, but necessary. And this is God's plan. Um, unbelievably on my second show being on the radio, just trying to figure out the board and the mic and the whole deal. I had to talk about Rush Limbaugh and his addiction to opioids. My hero, the reason I was on the radio, I could be talking about a thousand subjects related to Rush Limbaugh. And this was a story at the time that a lot of people didn't know a lot about. So I am talking about Rush Limbaugh and opioids, and I just don't want to do it. But, you know, God had a different plan. And again, this dovetails into who Rush Limbaugh is and what he's all about. Um, through that journey of opioid addiction, we saw what a lot of us already knew that Rush Limbaugh was real, he was human, he was one of us. Um, years later, in the throes of, um, you know, uh, the fallout from the opioid addiction and, and, uh, some of the legal challenges he had, it was in 2006. Um, I just felt moved by the Lord to, you know, buy a nice leather Bible, engrave his name on it and send it to him. I hope it made it to him, you know, um, I hope it comforted him, uh, particularly as of late. So, um, Rush Limbaugh's impact on our political system, culture, economy, and so much more is, is just unquantifiable the world is is just so much of a better place for rush limbaugh having been in it our country's been transformed for the better because of rush limbaugh and you know we have been so fortunate to have been alive during the era of um of rush limbaugh you know it's um Yeah, I can't, um, I I just can't state this enough, but I'll do it one more time. The magic of Rush Limbaugh, which countless people, even those who loved him kind of miss, it wasn't his views. It was how he disseminated those views and how he made you think and how he made you feel and how he made you reaffirm or challenge what you thought. And all the while, he was entertaining the heck out of us while he was doing it. So, um, you know, I, I think it was, um, if I can find it here, Glenn Beck said this the other day, and I think this is very accurate. Um, those who didn't listen to him had the loudest opinions about him. And that was very true. And you know it's my small part in this world to to let you know who Rush Limbaugh is and was um if you didn't because formulating opinions on people or concepts or whatever based on second and third hand opinions themselves is pretty foolish and what we do on this show each week is encourage people to think and um so i think Glenn Beck was correct that um you know, a lot of people that just missed it as far as who Rush Limbaugh was and his impact on the culture are are people that never even condescended to listen to him. And, um, that's a real sad thing. And that should not be done to anybody. Um, none the least of which Rush Limbaugh. So where do we go from here? Um, premier has, uh, has said that in the ensuing weeks guest hosts will be in um, and they will be playing archived um, clips of Rush um, and in, you know, in the article I read uh, giving his listeners a time to say goodbye this is very understandable uh, puzzling to those on the left that just thought this thing was just going to be over who are they going to plug in from twelve to three every day? Um, again, illustrative of of individuals that just did not understand Rush, and probably more importantly, do not understand you and I. Um, so that's their plan for the next few weeks. Um, I, I'm telling you, Rush is passing has created a void in all our lives that is uh, immeasurable. Um, And during these times, and we go back to some of the scripture I quoted earlier, it is very tempting to feel alone, rudderless, um, hopeless now that Rush is gone. But Rush would not have wanted us to stay in this state very long. Those of us who knew him understand that he was uncomfortable being labeled our fearless leader. That um, those monikers that people put on him were oftentimes folks on the left, and you know. And, and I would caution my friends on the right that that may have looked at him that way, the leader of the conservative movement. Um, he, he was much more he was much more than that. Please don't miss it, guys. Despite all his achievements, he always knew that he was just one of us. The simple Midwestern humility of a man worth a half a billion dollars is absolutely hard to get your head around. Or is it? For the loyal listeners that so miss Rush now and have loved him for so many years and have journeyed with this man for decades that concept that phenomenon is not hard to figure out at all despite enormous talent yes on loan from God he was always one of us I miss you Rush I love you, Rush. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Have a great day.